So, of course, many times we've spoken about how the African Free Continental Trade Agreement has certainly been uh, an interesting element to discuss and just how Africa can perhaps move forward. So let's chat about what this actually means for the entire continent and how exactly we can advance the economic agenda for Africa through the free trade agreement. Gulam Balem is Group Chief Economist at Standard Bank. Gulam, thank you so much for the time. In 2015, we saw the African Union, which of course, as part of the Agenda 2063, start with developing that Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. And at the core, what is the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement? And what exactly are the benefits for Africa once it's implemented? So, as you all know, Africa houses about 15% of humanity. And we anticipate over the next three or four decades that will swell to about one quarter of the global population. So the idea behind the free trade agreement that spans the continent is that if you can harness this vast market of consumers and build production, build supply chains on the continent to cater for this population and ensuing and current demand. It implies that you would be able to generate income, employment, wealth and prosperity for Africa. Sometimes people would say that it has also been argued that the financial sector in Africa is uh, perhaps expected to take a lead role in assuring the successful implementation of the agreement, Uh, you know, essentially the brain of the uh, liberalization process. What do you think that private sector, specifically the financial sector uh, in Africa, will have to do or play in such a pivotal role? So there are many actors that will make the African free trade agreement successful or even falter. Um, Of course, economic diplomacy is pivotal. Politicians subscribing to this process and driving through Mm. a process where the bureaucracy enables trade facilitation, for instance. I mean, that's crucial. Of course, we know that private sector generally, as you've highlighted, is significant. Just as a quick anecdote, in South Africa, for example, it is small and medium-sized businesses that have been pivotal and dominant in trading with the rest of the continent rather than, for example, multinationals or even national champions. The financial sector, of course, is key in the sense that one is able to fuel this growth through the facilitation of credit, through trade lines, and also through insurance mechanisms that financial services entities um, have within their product suite. So the financial services sector is a critical cog in the overall suite of actors in enabling this process. And I would argue many financial services firms are alive to the promise of the free trade agreement. Yeah, and that promise then has to then move into beyond just being a promise and actually being actionable as well. The success, though, of the free trade agreement isn't guaranteed, right? And smaller regional bodies on the continent have consistently then fallen short of expectations and have failed to deliver on their promises to promote economic development on the continent. But what are some of the lessons that can be learned from these entities, the likes of Comesa, SADC, of course, and the East Africa bloc as well? Well, really, you're right to be cautious. And in fact, one doesn't have to just look at our own developments in terms of Africa's regional economy. But a 50-year experiment in the form of the European Union appears also to be stumbling in many respects. Of course, the poster child is the manner in which the United Kingdom seeks to extract itself from the vast Western European market. So this idea of unification has multiple legs that certainly can falter. The lessons, quite simply, are that you need to have the political will. You need to have a multi-stage process with very clear and identifiable milestones. 
we need to have public participation and the capacity for the public to see how cross-border trade, how financial and investment movements across borders can enhance welfare for most um, of the continent on a net basis. I think this is when you are able to galvanize the conviction for this process. But having said that, um, we recognize that, uh, particularly on the continent, regionalism has had some successes and also failures. But I think we're at a point now in the global economy, especially with weak global economic growth, that the free trade agreement begins to provide an additional inspiration where Africa cannot be as reliant as it historically has been on emerging or developing nations elsewhere to be able to provide that growth tonic. And even commodities dependencies can prove to be a curse. So building supply chains across borders, across regions, will be critical, even if it is a multi-year and multi-decade process. Mm. This multi-year and multi-decade process, though, will certainly have certain people who will gain the most out of it, no matter what we uh, try to do. Who do you think stands to gain the most, particularly in the regions? I think we're living in an environment of heightened populism, of increasing recognition. For example, that shareholders are not the apex constituency as companies pursue profits. They need to take into account social considerations and community dynamics as well. So when you ask in 2019, who are the beneficiaries? I think there is no firm on the planet that is not going to take into account, for example, environmental and social conditions in their pursuits. Sustainability is one of the oldest concepts in human heritage. And sustainability more than ever is under threat, not just from technology, but also from the idea of social relevance. So my sense is this particular plan arrives and is seeking to find traction at a time when there is a restlessness A very youthful restlessness among Africans that will have to be included. Otherwise, it's unlikely to succeed. Yeah, let's talk about the sectors then. One would think that because it's Africa, we'll find that uh, resources or agriculture are the most likely to benefit or succeed. Would these really be the only two or is there a chance for a greater enhancement of other sectors? And also, what part does human capital play in this? Agriculture is a very significant part of many African economies. In fact, you would find, for instance, in more developed markets, agriculture is way less than 10% of overall GDP, of overall production. In some African countries, agriculture can be, in fact, more than 25% of overall economic output and can even account for more than 50% of all employment. So agriculture will be a significant element and expanding and establishing supply chains will be significant. However, the real opportunity is going to be beneficiation of agriculture, of resources, effectively establishing an industrial base on the continent. The reality is Africans tend to consume what others produce. Africans don't consume what fellow Africans produce. And it is that dynamic which we need to change and which the free trade agreement potentially can stoke by aiding and abetting industrialization on the surface of the continent. Yeah. Gulam, always great chatting to you. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Gulam Balam is Group Chief Economist at Standard Bank.